Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He lived all his adult life in Egypt never returned to the promised land. And yet as he's dying, he says this, God's going to take you back to where he promised. You're going to become a great nation. So what was Joseph doing? He was finishing well. By faith, strong in faith. He saw the exodus, even though only his bones would experience the exodus. He saw it by faith. Joseph's story is an amazing one. He was the favorite son of his father and hated by his brothers. He was sold into slavery and mistreated there. By God's grace, he rose to the number two spot in Egypt and was able to save his family. Pastor Mark will teach today why Joseph, when he had a chance for revenge, didn't take the opportunity. Not many would pass up a chance to get back at those who wronged them. You'll discover that Joseph didn't do that because he believed that God was who he said he was. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Faith of the Patriarchs and Moses. It's interesting to me, as we're thinking about passing things on to our children, let me read you a little stuff from the Jewish part. At death, most of us in this room, we're not even close to that, but we have a will. If you're an older person, 35 and 40, whatever, and have children, you should have a will. We have a will that specifies where our earthly possessions will go. Many of us do that, but leaving a legacy has nothing to do with a house or a boat or your life insurance. What we want to leave our children is who we are in Christ Jesus. You say, well, when my kids were raised, I didn't really know the Lord. I came to know the Lord after they left. That's all right. You can still have influence them now. Nothing wrong with leaving them some things in your will. That's fine. But what you want to leave them is your faith that you have. They can see that. In the Jewish tradition, it's interesting. They have something called ethical wills, in which they pass on to the next generation, especially their children, they say this, we want to pass on the gift of wisdom, gift of good wishes. And they say, this is much more important than property. I want to say for a Christian, what you want to pass on to your children and grandchildren is not really just good wishes, it's good faith. Faith that has proven itself in your life. You see, in our world, and I'm sorry to say this, even in the Christian world, 
Character has become a strange animal. It's almost absent in many parts of the Christian world. And I want to challenge you, and I just want you to write them down. Those of you who've been through the leadership, you've already heard some of this, but I think it's very important for all of us. What do I want to pass on to my children and grandchildren all their life? Well, number one, character. What is character? The attributes or features that make up and distinguish an individual. So character can be defined in two things. What God wants us to become. That's all the attributes that God wants us to become. Honest, humble, loving, all of those things. Second, what we want to become. That's character. What God wants me to become and what I want to become. By the way, one and two should match. You should be what God wants you to be. And all of those fall back on the real attributes of God. Faithfulness, like I said, humility, joy. A person, and let me give you two other words. When you think of these two words, do you think of the church and do you think of Christianity? Here's the two words, credible and authentic. Well, what is credible? Credible is simply this means to be believable. Let me ask you while you're writing these down. Do you think that the church, by large, is credible and authentic? Well, what is the church? A building isn't credible or authentic. Church is people. So ask yourself, what do the individuals outside of this church think? Are we credible? Are we real? Are we authentic? Is what you see what you get? Now, remember, none of us are perfect. But see, I want to pass along a character. You can pass along a billion-dollar life insurance policy to your kids. But if you claim to be a Christ follower and never really matched it, you've missed passing on what's valuable. The money is useless. So think about your own life tonight and think about mine the same. Credible, authentic. Authentic simply means genuine, real, not phony, not fake. One thing here, something over there. I use the illustration when I taught the leadership class. Maple syrup. You buy a bottle of maple syrup. You look at it. How much maple's in the servant? You know, it's 20 ounces for 99 cents. It's all maple syrup. It's authentic. It's real, isn't it? There's a little asterisk. It'll say, maple what? Flavoring. In other words, it just passed the tree at one point in its life. That's about as good as it did. It just passed by. Hi, maple. Here we go. Well, that's not real. If you're going to buy authentic maple syrup, It's going to say on there, what, 100% maple syrup. And by the way, it's not 99 cents. It's going to cost you a fortune for it, okay? You just drink that and forget the pancakes because that's your meal. You can't afford anything else. Now think about this. Just ask yourself a question. In the end of his life, what did Jacob pass on to his sons? Now early on, he wasn't authentic. He wasn't real. He wasn't credible. 
But as he approached later on in life, God worked on him. I don't know whether you saw this, and I thought it was very interesting. We have to be careful in our hearts. We don't judge other people. But you saw just what happened with the governor of New York recently. And it's devastating to the world. Because here's somebody, and it looks like that's who this is. Out there, campaigning, doing away with all the things he's privately what? Doing. And so then we put in the assistant governor. And did you see what came out the next day? Well, they had to admit they became very proactive. Yes, my wife and I both have had many affairs. So we put number two in. And then I read an editorial, which I thought was really interesting. The editorial said this, at least he's proactive. Now that people know that they've had lots of affairs, nobody really cares anymore. Well, that isn't really right. Now, there is nobody perfect in this room. Be careful. So we're not pointing fingers when we need to take the stick out of our own eye. But guys, we need to be credible. We need to be honorable. We need to be able to pass that on. Because, see, we don't only pass on what we teach. We pass along what we model. And if people look at us, every once in a while, like I said, I'll get an email from somebody. I work with a Christian. They go to Calvary Chapel, and they... They cheat at work. They lie at work. They condemn people at work. Well, that's a bad what? Influence. It's the wrong model. I just challenge you, as you're moving along in your life, finish well by being a person of character. How do we do that? Again, back to the same old thing. We don't lean to our own understanding. In all our ways, God help me. I want to be the person that my grandchildren and my children can look at me and say, I learned from dad. I learned from ma what it means to trust God. I watched their lives. Oh, they failed. But I watched, they, they were real. And I want to pass that along, and I think I'm obviously you want to do that. You see, life is going to just continue to throw changes at us. We're in one of the most difficult financial times that, well, the younger generation has never seen anything like this. And we're not at the end of it yet. But in all of this, what can we learn from this? Well, I can have peace tonight and assurance and confidence. God's going to get us through it. We're not people of fear. We don't panic. God's with us. He's going to provide our needs. And so as our children see this, our grandchildren see this, as they see us making decisions in life, not leaning to our own understanding, people of faith, that has a great influence of passing our character down to them. Now, because there's so many changes in life, you know I use this a lot. I make this statement, you've heard me make it many times, if nothing changes... If something changes, okay. But I found a better one. Well, a different one. And I want you to write it. Because it, for us, those two statements are very true. But this is another statement. Notice what it says. With Christ, nothing changes. Since nothing changes. How do I know that? Jesus Christ is what? The same yesterday, today, 
and forever. So with Christ, nothing changes and nothing changes. Is that good for me? That's wonderful for me. You see, as we move along and we move to the next generation, God doesn't come back, our kids will live in a very different world. I'm glad to say they can always trust Jesus Christ because he never changes. doesn't matter what changes down here. He never changes. And that's very encouraging me, and it should be for you as well. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions, then we'll get right back to our teaching. If your children grew up and had the same character you did, would you be happy? If your children or grandchildren had the same type of relationship with God that you have, would you be at peace when you died because you know they really know and trust God? Would you be satisfied if your children grew up with the same amount of faith that you have? Dude, these are hard questions. Because we're the role model. My mom and dad, Linda's mom and dad, were the role models for us. A whole lot of what I have didn't come from my dad's sermons. came from watching my dad and mom. So challenge for us. Hebrews 11.22. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near... Oh, here we go again. Pastor Mark, what are we doing talking about all these dying people? Well, that's what the Scripture's doing. When, by faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and then gave instructions about his bones. Interesting. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 50. Joseph, would you say a man of integrity? Would you say that Joseph's authentic? I know you would. Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. Look at this next statement. This is so powerful. But God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How about that? For never seeing it. Never really seen, because all his life since he was put into slavery was lived in Egypt. He says, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid. See, that's faith. God will come to your aid and take you out of the land, this land, to the land he promised. Verse 25, And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Remember Joseph, one of Jacob's son, way early sold into slavery. That test would be the first of many. Eventually sold to Potiphar, official, tested, you remember, as Potiphar's wife. 
came in with their little nighty and whatever. He was sharp. He remained true. He was authentic. He was a man of character. And he said, how could I do this against God? And he ran. Then, obviously, he was promoted eventually after being in prison, wrongly accused. He got promoted to the top-ranking position in Egypt. When he was there, he could have used that position to build a personal empire. Very easy. But he remembered a promise from God made to Abraham. And so he worked it out to get his brother, you know the whole story, reconciled. All his brothers finally came. They thought they were finished when they realized it was Joseph. But he lived all his adult life in Egypt, never returned to the promised land. And yet as he's dying, he says this, God's going to take you back to where he promised. You're going to become a great nation. So what was Joseph doing? He was finishing well. By faith, strong in faith. He saw the exodus, even though only his bones would experience the exodus. He saw it by faith. So all they did was he instructed his sons to carry his bones with them and eventually bury them in Cana. Now, I want to ask you a question because I was thinking about it a lot this week. Over the years, as the mummy of Joseph was carried everywhere, what effect did that have on the faith of his sons for years? What's in that little ossuary? It's the bones of dad, grandpa. Why are we carrying them? Because he said God would get us back to the promised land. God's faithful. Do you think that had an effect? That had a huge effect. Once in a while in my office and at home, I have a picture of my dad and my mom. My wife has a picture of her parents and my brother. Once in a while, I'll just look up at it and think about memories. And it's a wonderful thing. There's nothing like it to know that they're already all in heaven. But it challenges me to look And just think about the life that I saw my parents live. Well, I believe that's what happened when this mummy of Joseph was carried all around. Exodus 13 says this, Moses took the bones, Moses. He took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid. Here in Exodus we see this. And then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. So finally in Joshua 24, I'll read it to you. And Joseph's bones which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the track of land that Jacob had bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamar, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. So, what do I take from all that? Well, I think this is very important. We can have faith that after we die, God will keep his word. We can have faith that after our death, God will keep his word. You can have faith that that absolutely is going to happen. The reason you can have faith, because you're going to be in heaven. And your faith is no longer needed. Because in heaven, we don't walk by faith, we walk by sight. 
It's in front of us. Everything God promised is going to come true. Now, go back to Hebrews 11. Look at verse 23. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, no ordinary child, we have a hard time understanding really in the Hebrew what that means, but basically somehow God had shown Moses' parents that this son of theirs was uniquely favored by God. And so they had to walk, as you know, in a very dangerous situation. All these boys were to be killed. And their faith in God's promises were simply to disobey the king's command and hide Moses for three months. What do you do with that? Let me ask you two questions. What if Moses' parents didn't live by faith? What happens to Moses? Well, we don't know whether God would have picked somebody else. Moses would have been killed. It would have been all over. But Moses' parents had to live by faith. They trusted God. Way more when they put him in that little basket in the Nile. Now here's our question for you and me tonight. What if I as a parent don't live by faith? What negative impact is that on my children and my grandchildren? On the opposite, what if I do live by faith? See, I'm an example of that tonight. My parents taught me to live by faith. Oh, I'm far from perfect. They were far from perfect. But they were godly role models. That's what God wants you to be. Now, notice, faith brings courage to obey God. They were walking by faith, and they obeyed God and disobeyed the king. Is that a scriptural principle? Yes, it is. Could that happen in our country? Very easily. Most of us thought that would never happen. The day could come when in the pulpits we will not be able to teach the Bible and teach about certain lifestyles. That day may come. What are we going to do? You say, I don't know. What are you going to do, Pastor Mark? (laughs) Well, I'm going to do what Paul told Timothy to do. Preach the word. Well, what's going to happen to you? God will take care of it. Paul preached the word many times. When Paul went to a new town, he just basically said, get the jail ready, I'm coming. Because where did he end up? He's always in jail. Wasn't negative, but he preached the word. So guys, Acts 5.29, Peter gave us this principle of the Bible. It's a principle you need to know. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. See, there comes a place If man puts it on the line, if you're at work and your boss says to you, you must falsify this report, you just honestly say to him, I'm sorry, sir, I respect you, I honor you, I submit to you, but in this particular case, I can't do that. Well, if you do that, then I'm going to have to let you go. Well, God will provide, right? See, you have to draw the line somewhere, and you just have to simply obey God. 
Pastor Mark's teaching today covered the topic of legacies. You found out that God has an idea of what you should be focusing on in terms of passing on to your descendants. You learned that although material items have some value, having a strong spiritual heritage is far more important. Thankfully, it's never too late to begin to show your family how to live for Jesus. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, The Faith of the Patriarchs and Moses. Next time, he'll begin his message, The Faith of Moses, Joshua, and Rahab. You'll hear about these three Old Testament characters and how their faith caused them to play important roles in the settling of the Hebrews in Canaan. You'll learn how their example can lead you in your walk with God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.